Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm Dr. Catherine Pang, and it's so great to share this time together. Welcome to The Living Way, the podcast ministry of the Christian Life Institute, and the Christian Life Institute's purpose to grow Christians forward to live victoriously as overcomers in but not of the world through the hope and healing of Christ. If you miss any of our messages, you can find a link and more information on our website at christianlifeinstitute.com. Our podcasts are available on Thursdays. Please subscribe to our mailing list on our website, christianlifeinstitute.com, to receive notifications about our podcasts, blogs, and other events at CLI. As we begin, you may want to grab a Bible and follow along as we share scripture throughout our time together. Our message today is titled, Value, Not Validation. It is so hard sometimes to find someone to understand us. It is so hard sometimes to be understood. We can spend so much time desiring to be known by others. But God, God stands already knowing every detail, every hair on your head. As we read in Luke 12, 7, Why even the hairs of your head are all numbered, fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. Every concern, every desire, God knows. God cares. God does not always give us all we desire because much of what we desire is often of a material and physical nature. God's utmost concern is our spiritual condition, our spiritual well-being. Yet even in our cries for help, we know he hears us and he understands us. In Psalm 34:18, we read, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Let's read 2 Corinthians 1.37 and then pause the message and take a few moments and prayerfully meditate on these verses. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. The topics of value and identity are popular in our current world. In fact, we have seen a significant emphasis on self with the rise of social media. We have new concerns arising every day from FOMO, fear of missing out, to death by selfie. The need for connectedness, validation, acceptance, and approval are driving postings and representations that are not always reflective of truth. In fact, they are creating a new host of psychological issues from social media addiction to penetrating internalized feelings of worthlessness in comparison to others. Amid the cultural storm of idealized images, it is essential that we stop and stand before the Savior and absorb His love and His acceptance, His worth, and value which he proclaims belong to us because we belong to him. You are valued by your Savior. His death, 
is your validation. The struggle is with the identification, recognition, validation, and then acceptance that our worth is intrinsic because we belong to Jesus. Our value is God-derived because he first loved us, as we read in 1 John 4.19. Our answer to the question, who am I, comes not from the voices of the past, the voices of the present, or our circumstances, but from the truth of who Christ is and what he offers us through the gift of himself. As we journey this lifestyle who is Christ, he will reveal more and more to us about how precious we are in his sight. And we will come to know more and more of who he is. We will, through the power of the Holy Spirit, come to know and understand ourselves better through his eyes without condemnation. We will come to know his love and his power in greater depth. It is important to remind yourself of who he is and what you have in him. Let's reflect on a few scriptures. In 1 Peter 1.23 we read, Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. In Romans 10.9, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In Galatians 4.5 and 7 we read, Christ came to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. You have been born again and an heir to the living God. Let us choose, and choice is always necessary for growth and change, to improve our conscious contact with God. Then as we know him more, we can pray more fervently for the knowledge of his will and the power to carry out his will. E.M. Bounds writes, and I quote, People who habitually pray, who believe in God, remember him and do his will. Let us take a moment and reflect on Jesus' prayer on the Mount of Olives from Luke 22, 39 through 46. And he, Jesus, came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Will you pray, Lord, not my will, but yours be done in every nook and cranny of your life? Finding, seeing, and accepting value in Christ is part of the sanctification process. Sanctification is a progressive work of God and man that allows us to become more like Christ and freer from the entanglements of sin of this life, of the pulls and pains of this world. It is a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we yield and surrender to our loving and gracious God. The Westminster Catechism reminds us sanctification is the work of God's free grace, whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God, 
and are empowered more and more to die to sin and live in Christ in his righteousness. Calvin notes that, but from the words of Paul, when treating of the renewal of the image from 2 Corinthians 3.18, the inference is obvious that man was conformable to God, not by an influx of substance, but by the grace and virtue of the Spirit. He says that by beholding the glory of Christ, we are transformed into the same image as by the Spirit of the Lord. Further, if we are partakers in his resurrection, we are raised up by means of it to newness of life, which conforms us to the righteousness of God. God's love and grace paves a way for us to know him more and more, for him to equip and empower us for refinement in his love. David Crowder has a song entitled, How He Loves. The refrain is as follows, and no, I won't sing it, for those who know, I make a joyful noise, not have the gift of song, but the words are, and oh, how he loves us, oh, oh, how he loves us, how he loves us all, he loves us, oh, how he loves us, oh, how he loves us, oh, how he loves us. You may want to listen to this song because the truth of its words is that he does love you and me. God's love is unconditional. God's love is steadfast and unchanging. God's love comforts us. God's love is revealed to us through Jesus Christ. God's love is poured into us through the Holy Spirit. God's love compels us to love one another. God's love is perfect. Once again, as with many, if not all the attributes of God, it's hard for us to truly internalize and personalize because we have been failed by and hurt by broken people. Yet God is God, and he is perfect in his love for you and me. We are comforted with another opportunity to choose. Choose to believe God does love you. Choose to believe you are worthy of his love. He created you. He had a plan for you and has a plan for you. He brought you unto himself. He called you out and made you a co-heir with Christ. Choose to believe you have value in him that surpasses the need for validation from others. Choose to believe God cares so much for you that as we read in John 3.16, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's time to choose to take a step of faith and believe he loves you and you are valuable to him. Your value is in him. As precious children of God, valued beyond measure, we are called to conform to the image of Christ. This transformation is part of sanctification, which results in an ongoing work in the life and ultimately a manifesting and outworking of Christ in us. As we grow in holiness, we grow in conformity to the image of Christ, and more and more of the beauty of his character can be seen in our lives. In 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, we read, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And in 1 John 3, 2 and 3, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be, we know that when he appears, we will be like him, 
because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has his hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Paul exhorts us in Romans 12, 1 through 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let us be exhorted by Paul's words in Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Oswald Chambers writes in Utmost for His Highest, and I quote, Sanctification the impartation of the qualities of Christ, but it is a work in progress. I am through the Spirit led to a continuous perfection that will not be complete until the glorification. I pray that the Spirit will have more of me and that I will have less. I pray for the real desire to die to the flesh. Peter makes clear that believers are to pursue holiness and his language leaves little room for doubt about the need for believers to be dead to who they were and live in their new righteousness, as we read in 1 Peter 1, 14-16. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Here Peter is citing Leviticus where the word holy is used by God 150 times to demand that very thing from his people both personally and in community with others. We clearly are called to be holy as the Lord is holy. We need to choose to make God honoring choices. Growing, improving our awareness of God and our value to him requires a spirit-guided awareness and intentionality. These words will continue to follow us in the sanctified life. We must continually allow the Holy Spirit to monitor and refine us. Do you wear some form of step tracker, an Apple Watch? We have devices to monitor scream time, exercise, calories, heart rate, blood pressure, etc. Do we allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate in us a spirit-led awareness of our value and preciousness in His sight? Living in a mindful intentionality requires us to be mindful of our susceptibilities and our baseline. As we explored in our last podcast, Releasing Our Hurts Part 2, we must remind ourselves that our limbic system likes to hijack our prefrontal cortex. Living in the prefrontal cortex requires intentional choices to shift up. We must choose to shift gears, change course, cultivate new neural pathways, and self-regulate through prayer and meditation, reading the word, along with therapeutic techniques and wise counsel from mature, strong, and the Lord believers. Each of us have a baseline of being. What does this mean? It means that when push comes to shove, when we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, the famous acronym HALT, when we have had a hard day, when we're just not in the mood, what are our default ways of being, acting, behaving? 
thinking and feeling? Are you prone to impatience, acting out, poor decision-making, impulsivity, rude comments, negative thinking, worry, anxiety, fear, on and on and on the list grows. Let us choose to be courageous and in the spirit of the fourth step as we reviewed in our last podcast, Releasing Our Hurts Part 2, release those traits that so easily beset and entangle us at our baseline. Now that you know aspects of your baseline, you can be aware of how and when they seek to entangle and capture you and how you can walk in the spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh, as Paul writes in Galatians 5.16. Seeking a Christ-centric attitude, mindset, perspective is a full-time, 24-7 process. 1 Chronicles 16.11 reminds us to seek the Lord in His strength, seek His presence continually. It's essential to come to terms with what it means to pick up your cross and follow Christ. It requires a willingness that says, Lord, seeking you delights my heart, and I want to do so with every breath and every moment. I am willing to seek you, to know you and know you more, to live, walk in a mindful, intentional manner of Christ-centered awareness. We must know our weaknesses, our susceptibilities, our trouble spots, so we can make real-time adjustments and live in a Christ-centric, mindful manner. In Matthew 5, 22 through 26, Jesus says, But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. When we are convicted by our wrong, when we feel the Holy Spirit nudging us, we must set it right. Jesus reminds us in the scripture above, there is no time to waste. We should, whenever possible, leave what we're doing and go and make an amend. When we can own it in the moment and make it a priority to make every effort to set it straight, to make the amend, to acknowledge our mistake, error, harm, self-driven aspect, we can live in the freedom which Christ intended and recognize our value while minimizing the risk that our flesh, our words, or actions may turn into self-destroying infections or other devastating consequences. Let's review a few key points. Until Christ comes again or he calls us home, we must choose to live in brokenness and sinfulness of our flesh, but we do not have to stay in that place. We can choose to walk in the freedom that Christ has provided for us through his death on the cross. Our flesh is powerful and wants to control every aspect of our soul, mind, will, and emotions, as well as our lives. It's your flesh that wants to control you, but as Paul so clearly states in Galatians 5, 16 through 18, our flesh and the spirit can never, ever, ever be friends. We must be in the world, but not of the world, as we read in John 17, 16. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. We may battle on many fronts, yet we have the armor of God from Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, and the ultimate victory in Christ. And when we are wrong, promptly admit it. Let's live at the grain of sand level. 
Our need for validation often flows from our failure to see our value in Christ. For many, we may have developed dysfunctional and unhealthy ways to live life. We may have found ways to avoid, justify, and rationalize. Perhaps we have been trapped by our own thoughts and insecurities. Perhaps our pride or arrogance has ruled us or fear has crippled us. Hurts, traumas, and abuses of the past have taken us captive and driven us to hidden self-protectionistic ways. We may have been driven by mistrust rather than trust. No matter the cause or causes, there were for many of us a blindness caused by our own self and the bondage of our need for validation, external validation that we matter, failing to see how much we do matter to the one who does matter, Jesus our Lord. Let me repeat, no matter the cause or causes, there were for many of us a blindness caused by our own self and the bondage of our need for validation, external validation that we matter, failing to see how much we do matter to the one, capital O, who does matter, Jesus our Lord. We could not see clearly. It was impossible for us to perceive and discern because we could not see past the metaphoric boulders of our pain, unhappiness, resentments, etc., we took offense so easily because our flesh controlled us and our boulders blocked our view. We could not see through our own self-driven ways to even imagine that our hypervigilance, sensitivities, perspectives, feelings were skewed by our boulders of pain and hurt. We also may have been unaware of the power of our limbic system, the power of our sympathetic nervous system. God's design of our body and brain includes many parts, but for our purposes, the limbic system and the prefrontal cortex? Let's review a few points from our podcast last week, Releasing Our Hurts Part 2, and remember, our physiological reactions are driven by our nervous system. Our sympathetic nervous system causes activation and flight-fight reactions. Our limbic system is a first reactor. It likes to show up with our HPA access and shoot hormones into our system, which activate activate us. If we are continually under stressors, our system is likely to get used to, habituate to these unhealthy levels of activation, and we may become hypervigilant and struggle with the ability to respond with ba balance and perspective. What do we mean by cognitive ability? This is where we turn our attention to the prefrontal cortex. The PFC contains our higher level cognitive functions, also known as executive functions. These consist of, among others, decision making, clear thinking, differentiation among conflicting thoughts, determination of consequences, the ability to suppress urges. What we need to learn emphasized on the learning is how to move up to the PFC when the limbic system has hijacked us. To live in the freedom Christ brought us with his death on the cross, we must desire to be conformed more and more into the image of Christ and recognize, digest, and appropriate three key words here at CLI, our value to him. Remember, flesh likes to regenerate itself, and we are prone and susceptible to the conditioned behaviors of our past, but God. Your old conditioned ways do not have to be the only paths available to you. Let's consider an example. When you find yourself in a situation where someone is accusing you of lying to them, 
Your instinct is to defend and protect yourself. Your limbic system, the first reactor, shows up with anger and defensive statements. Your HPA axis is flooding your system with cortisol, which only makes you more agitated, so that you can fight, because your reaction to the accusation is telling your physiology you've been threatened and the need to defend self. You are traveling down a well-conditioned neural pathway. It's akin to a rut in the mud. It is worn and ragged, but deep and well-dried, so you can stay in it without much effort. It has been molded to the size of your defense. Now you're working on changing your reactions into responses. You are cultivating mindfulness of your own actions, responding with Christ-likeness. Perhaps it sounds like a lot, but it's only because it's unfamiliar and new. Conditioned reactions, thoughts, and behaviors fool us into thinking they are taking less energy, only because we are accustomed to our customized ruts. If we create a new neural pathway, we must step out of the conditioned rut. That can feel destabilizing and present uncertainty. After all, we know what to expect in our rut. Creating a new neural pathway is much like changing lanes in the snow on the highway. It's snowing and the roads are not plowed. There's a truck in front of you blowing a lot of snow, so you stay back, but the truck is always creating deep ruts with its large tires that make a way for you, so you follow in the tracks of the truck. Now you come to your exit. The truck is not exiting and the path is unclear. There are no ruts. You must create a new path. It's bumpy and unstable, leaving the well-trodden truck path, but you need to exit so you endure the bumps, the instability of the road, and begin carving a new pathway. This is the process for creating a new neural pathway, a new way of behaving, acting, thinking, and feeling. It is a new path to freedom in Christ. Living Christ is a lifestyle and a spirit-guided process. Living Christ allows us to see how much we matter to him and allows us to take our eyes off of the need for validation and step into the truth that you are precious in his sight. In 1 Peter 2.9 we read, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Recognize, appropriate, and digest your value to Christ today. Choose to look up and align with Christ and find your joy, contentment, and satisfaction with Him. Your fulfillment in Him will dissipate your need for the validation, recognition, accolades of humans and allow you to develop a hunger to be told by Him, your Savior, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your Master. The purpose of the Christian Life Institute is palpable. We want all who profess Christ to taste and see that the Lord is good from Psalm 34, 8, to truly, deeply, intimately, and personally want Christ to be your all in all. We pray this is a time of refreshment and growth. We value your prayers. We value your support. Please send us emails to radio at christianlifeinstitute.com. Thank you for joining us for The Living Way, presented by the Christian Life Institute. Our podcasts are available on Thursdays. Please subscribe to our mailing list on our website, christianlifeinstitute.com, to receive notifications about our podcasts, blogs, and other events at CLI. I am Dr. Katherine Pang. Thank you so much for joining us.